Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brastadamus, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. We are now a proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. A big uh, big news on Twitter. That's the bombshell. Excited about the upgrade for the future of this podcast. <laughs> I was even looking. I knew that was Doc clapping. <laughs> Just from the clap. But we're excited about the future of this podcast and what it means going forward. You'll be hearing a lot of stuff with Fantasy Points and Triple Play going forward as the weeks and months progress ahead. But we're all very excited about the things going on with Triple Play and everything that goes on at Fantasy Points. So keep an eye on all that stuff that's coming down the road here. D-Mendy here, joined by, of course, a cast of characters. One being a guy who did a lot of fist bumping this weekend. That's the Doc, Eric Mendelson. What's going on? It's going well, man. Uh, you know, I'm wearing the shirt. For our basketball team, because we did it last time, we got a W. We got the championship game tonight. So anyone on the team watching, I got y'all. Got y'all. No free ads, and you just put up a free ad. So hopefully, right. that's can... that's a free ad we can they're, allow. They're, they're an employer, so we'll, we'll allow it. Okay. Also joining the crew is a man. If he were a Batman villain, would be the Riddler. For how calculated the man is, that's the Brad Stradamus, Brad Kilgore. What's up? I'm not sure how I'm calculated, but I love it. I, it's good to be back, man. It's been a, a few weeks since I've been on the football pod, so it's good to see y'all boys again. It's good to have you back, but I've, I've had that saved in the chamber for a while. It's like, am I ever going to get a chance to use this <laughs> with him? So, so glad I, I did, even though it's uh, it's very weird and I don't know if it hit, but glad to have you back. No Johnny Foosball tonight, but what if I told you we well, we brought in somebody that's uh, going to fill his shoes and then some. Welcome in a man that if you were to mention DeAndre Swift, you might hear him come running. He's the host of the Fresh Fantasy Podcast. He's a TikTok god at Fresh underscore fantasy. Strives for greatness every day. He's also in college doing 20 things at once. Try to balance out that podcast, the schoolwork, everything. He's a young superhero that I aspire to be like one day. There's only one guy that fits this criteria. It is Alex Caruso. What's going on, man? Man, that is that is a fantastic intro. I uh, really appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to get back in and talk some ball. But none like I said, that was a that was a fantastic intro. I mean, almost as fantastic as Jeremy McNichols is going to be for fantasy the rest <laughs> of the year. There he is. That's oh, my guy. Wait, he's, we, he's ready to go. Can, well, can, we, can we just talk about how I dropped him Friday for Joshua Kelly? Like, I mean, so, like you want to save that for your for another segment? I feel like that will sounds probably, like your your story. Yeah, we can, we right. can save that. All uh, right, Alex. Very pumped to have you on. First time I think individually have. I know we had you on with like a mock draft or a group effort. Yeah, that we had. both people. Yeah, so we get to we get you now just by yourself, unfiltered, everything that we want here. Uh, why don't you tell first of all everything? I mean, you've been grinding, like we said, you're doing college, full time college student right now. You said you work two jobs. You're doing the podcast. You're also you might be the number one person in the industry at TikTok, which I don't think many people realize. How are you balancing all that stuff right now? Uh, it's just, you know, we get a routine every week and, and just, you know, it's just the, I'm, I'm just so, because I'm so used to it now of just being in part of the grind, it's just second nature at this point, tired by the end of the week. But I mean, I'm, I'm loving doing TikTok seven days a week, you know, working on fantasy. Selling all your classes, doing TikTok. All my classes and all that. <laughs> 
it's been one of those things where I feel like every year of school so far, I've just kind of built up and built up and built up the workload and stuff like that. Kind of like, you know, Derrick Henry getting 27 carries a game this year. So hopefully I don't, you know, hurt my foot and break my left metatarsal this week. But um, it's been a great little grind and all that. But I'm definitely, definitely feeling it a little bit. But again, it's fantasy football. You know, it's what I do for a hobby at the end of the day. So it's not, it doesn't feel like work to me. Like this is my fun time during the day. So I love every minute I get to spend on it. And ideally, if you could ever be full-time in fantasy, is that the goal? Or is it more like, hey, this is a hobby I would never really want to become a job? I, I think absolutely. If there was an opportunity to do it full-time, I would. But again, there's so many things going on right now that I'm just like, whatever, you know, whenever I finish school and stuff like that, we'll see what's open and where the path takes me. So just trying to keep everything going right now. And when it's time to make a decision, we'll definitely do that. But I definitely want fantasy to remain at some capacity of my life. And if there's a full-time opportunity, you know, We'll absolutely hit the smash on that. Well, anytime we can talk about smashing, I love it. And I, I mean, again, very much uh, you got a great kind of path ahead of you, building a great brand and you're doing great things. You're also, I will mention, a lot taller than people realize, too. I know <laughs> that's been said before, but when I met you in person at the expo, I was like, wait a second. This is, yeah. not, is this Alex Caruso? What? You'd be surprised at the amount of times that I, I heard that that week. And I'm so used to like hearing it all the time, anybody I ever meet, but especially at the expo when you're so used to just seeing like a face on Twitter and then you see yeah. people in person. I, that, was, that was definitely a frequent comment. There's other people like I didn't expect Mike Clay to be so tall, like Andy yeah. Barron. Both those guys are massive. Yeah, I wouldn't know anything about that necessarily, but uh, I definitely can uh, appreciate all that you guys are doing with that. So uh, before we dive into everything we're doing, well, if questions pop in during the YouTube stream, obviously Twitter comments are still dead. So YouTube is our way of uh, interacting with people these days. Alex, are you starting Swift while he's on a buy because you just love him so much? That's a great question. Um, I'm definitely my in one league, at least just to hold, hold the torch open. because I think anyone that does know me that's listening to this probably knows how big of a fan I am of Swift. And it's worked out pretty well so far. But um, yeah, I definitely have to start him in at least one league just for, just for keep sake, just to you know, show my love and, you know, maybe read him a bedtime story, at least on his bye week to help that groin heal. <laughs> I love that. Uh, we got a packed episode. Of course, we've got our week eight short stories. We're going to be doing some stuff or fluff and our obscure tight end touchdown of the week prediction. So make sure you stay tuned for that. After we'll go to our question of the week and our game of the week that Brad never tells us ahead of time. And we always have to awkwardly guess what's coming for that. So make sure you stay tuned. Uh, it's going to be a fun show. So if you guys are ready, to get another episode started, then man, we're here to do it for you. All right, so let's hit the headlines first as we get things started here. Uh, just a little bit of a somber note. We're not going to dive into necessarily the fantasy analysis of this. I think it's still a little bit too soon to be doing any of that. Obviously, we are familiar with the Henry Rugg situation today with the DUI incident that occurred early this morning. Right now, I would not expect him to be involved in any way, shape, or form for the rest of this season with the Las Vegas Raiders. Again, maybe down the road, we'll kind of talk about players stepping up to fill the void that he's going to be leaving. But for now, don't expect to see Henry Ruggs on the field for this season, potentially even longer than this season. And it's just obviously a very sad thing when you have to lead off the kind of the news and segment, the news and notes of the NFL news with this type of tragic information. But just, again... Keep an eye on things as they they progress and wish the best for the victim and their family uh, that lost their life, obviously, in this incident. Next news we're going to touch you actually does have fantasy relevance. Derrick Henry is down. The Titan star running back is expected to miss the next six to ten weeks with a fifth metatarsal injury, I believe. 
Now, right now, this is obviously one of those that, according to Stefania Belt ESPN, this kind of heals a little bit tricky. This is one of the parts of the foot that doesn't heal as quickly and as, as easily as other parts of the foot. So there's kind of a big question mark up there as far as Derrick Henry and what you can expect from him potentially this season. Alex, I'm going to go to you here. My first question to you is, if you have Derrick Henry, are you stashing him if you don't have an IR spot? And my second question is, between the new pickup, Adrian Peterson, and the backup running back to Derrick Henry, Jeremy McNichols, is there one you prefer over the other? Yeah, I think so. With, with Derrick Henry, you have to stash him. I mean, even if you don't have an IR spot, you have to keep him because of what he's done this year. I mean, in half PPR leagues, at least, he was averaging eight more points a game than the running back two. Not over the last starter. The second best running back in all of fantasy football, he was averaging eight more points a game. You have to stash a guy like that that was on pace to, I mean, break some records this year in both the NFL and fantasy. I think you have to stash a guy like that and hope that he comes back. Is it likely? Probably not. But even if it's a 50-50 chance that you could get him for championship week against the Miami Dolphins, you have to do it because that could be a big week for Derrick Henry. But the guy I'm going for is Jeremy McNichols. I think at first I was definitely thinking Adrian Peterson, he's going to get the carries. But I started looking into McNichols, the prospect, and it's it's a little bit enticing, as I, I think I'd like to say at least. I mean, on perplayerprofiler.com, he was an 81st percentile 40-yard dash, 81st percentile speed score, 72nd percentile agility score, and 62nd percentile burst score. I mean, obviously, he's a really good athlete. He's 5'9", 215 pounds. But the main reason that I want him over someone like Adrian Peterson is the target volume that he's going to get. I mean, Adrian Peterson last year for the Lions had 12 catches in 16 games. So like, what's his best upside? I mean, as a fantasy running back that he gets you 10 points a week if he happens to get in the end zone, I'd rather go after McNichols and hope that they use him because he's probably a better athlete at this point in his career because AP, while respectable, I mean, only averaged four yards a carry each of the last three or four years. So again, I think Jeremy McNichols is the pickup because the PPR aspirations with the targets that he's going to get and I think the athlete that he is and the potential because he's a young guy that he could be a league winner more than someone like Adrian Peterson is. The last thing I'll say is that, sure, maybe Adrian Peterson is maybe the better bet to score fantasy points, but far better upside that's going to help you win you your league at this point in the season as we make the turn for the playoffs. McNichols is absolutely the guy. Doc, I, I want to go to you really quick. When you hear McNichols, who's the person that comes to your mind? I just want to see if we're on the same page or not. Uh, Josh Nichols, drinking yes, Josh. Yes, yes, yes. There we go. We okay. are truly brothers. I was just making sure. I was just making sure. Brad, real quick. We're talking about, <laughs> that's all I wanted from you. Brad, we talked, we literally brought up Josh McNichols' name and you lit up like a Christmas tree. Are you yeah, as man. big on Josh McNichols here? You mean Jeremy I, I McNichols? Think, look at yeah, look at you. <laughs> um, I, I think Alex just he brought up all the great points. Um, I, I don't want to echo them too much, but I really just want to reiterate, you know, the kind of back he is. I, I think a lot of people haven't heard of him because Derrick Henry's the kind of back that you don't want to take off the field. You know, if he can get all the carries, if he can get all the targets, you're gonna give it to Derrick Henry. Um, I, I think he he's like 300 yards ahead of the next leading rusher in the NFL. So he's been that kind of dominant this year. But when you think about McNichols, he's just a really explosive dude. Um, he hasn't gotten many carries because you're not going to take any away from Henry, but you know, he's got 21 receptions and 203 yards and just the games he's played. That's 10 yards a catch right there. He's already got a touchdown. Um, he had one game where he had eight receptions and 74 yards. He's just a really explosive back. He runs between the tackles. He's elusive. He's fast. Um, I really 
think people are going to be disappointed if they if they uh, go and get Adrian Peterson off the waiver wire because they're going to see how effective McNichols is and that he's going to get the goal line carries. He's going to get the red zone targets. He's going to be dependent on in a way that um, I don't think a lot of people are respect expecting. Uh, I kind of look at him as like a, you know, a Tony Pollard to Zeke, Zeke Elliott kind of scenario. He's that kind of talent where on a different team, he'd probably be a starter. So um, I, I'm a big McNichols guy. He's somebody I rostered in my dynasty leagues early, but I kind of had to drop him and and pick him up again and drop him as, you know, you're, you're kind of getting guys off the waiver wire and Derrick Henry never gets hurt until today. So um, it's an unfortunate situation for Henry, but I think the Titans are not really going to miss a beat. Not miss a beat. That's yeah. uh, that. Oh man, I, I mean, I dig it. Uh, now that you were kind of the Dearness Johnson guy last year, that yeah, was man. the guy. Look you at were, him now. Is he in Dearness Johnson territory for you? Absolutely, hundred percent. I I look at him in the same light. You know, they've got they've got the type of offensive line where he's still going to be able to do damage. Any above average running back is going to have respectable games for this offensive line, and I think. McNichols is well above average again. Like I think he's a, a starting caliber running back. He just hasn't had the opportunity to show up because he's been behind Derrick Henry. So can can we can we transition to another topic? This is like really eating me away that I dropped him for Josh Kelly Friday, who is a healthy and active. David, I don't know if you saw the I comment. Somebody where they ride the coaster and get Greg and Eric Townsend. Ryan I'm, Ryan froze twenty six. Thank you for being weird like David and I. I. I'm here for the Drake and Josh comments. Let's get to the other bit of news and notes I want to talk about here. Jameis Winston is toward his ACL. He's going to miss the rest of this season. Unfortunate news for the Jameis Winston lovers out there. Taysom Hill is expected to return this week against the Falcons. Now, my first question, Doc, I'll go with you. Are you trying to pick up Taysom Hill if possible? And what do you think this does for Kamara specifically? Yeah, well, I would definitely be more bullish on Taysom Hill if he's still at tight end eligibility. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think with the amount of injuries we've seen this year, no position has been exempt. Like Russell Wilson, the king of durability, has gotten hurt. Derrick Henry. I don't think anybody is safe from injuries this year. So I think if you can get a starting quarterback and a potentially high-powered offense, you're going to take that all day because it's not like anybody's going to take his job this year. Uh, maybe Trevor Simeon, who knows? But uh, I think for Kamara, let's actually let's save the Kamara stuff for the uh, the other topic that I have. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll cut you there. Anybody of you guys disagree? Is it worth going to go get Taysom Hill right now? Right, right now, obviously you've seen the floor. I don't think he got lower than 17 fantasy points in a game last year. At, at least 17, I think, had uh, between 17 and 23 points every game. You know he's good for potentially 50 rushing yards. He's going to score on the ground. Is is this, especially in a super flex league or a two-quarterback league, he's got to be a popular target, right, Alex? He's, he's got to be a must pickup. I mean, this is the reason I was so, I mean, balls to the wall on Jalen Hurts this year. I mean, I probably gave the stat a thousand times in my podcast. That Ian Harditz, that quarterbacks that average four and a half rush attempts per game over the course of a season were a QB eight or better in points per game all but three times over the last 10 years, all but three times. And the only three to not do it was Tim Tebow in 2012, Colin Kaepernick in 2014, and Cam Newton in 2020. Otherwise, any quarterback averaging over four and a half rush attempts per game was a top eight quarterback when they were playing. 
it's just insane. And I think Taysom Hill is going to do that once again, like you said, 17 plus points every start that he had as well. I mean, I think that anytime we see these Russian quarterbacks, they're always tops in fantasy. So I think Hill's a must pick up. Can I just say, I don't think that he's going to have the upside we saw last year. He's coming off I'm, a concussion. I'm on that one. He, he has a concussion. So I imagine maybe in like fourth and one or like in the goal line, but I don't think he's going to be running the ball as much as he is. I think he will. I don't I, see I think. I think he's going to struggle through the air more, even more than he did last year without Michael Thomas. Um, I know he's going to come back eventually, but uh, I think Michael Thomas is eligible to come back. Sure? Huh? Are we sure Michael Thomas is yeah, coming well, that's back? That's what this I was going to say. Like, I, I think Thomas was eligible to come back about a couple weeks ago, and I still haven't heard a peep about whether he's coming back. Um, I think the wide receiver room is a little more shaky this year. Um, uh, you said we're going to talk about Kamara later, so I won't touch on that too much more. But I think this team has kind of um, overachieved so far. And if there's any time for them to come back down to earth, it's probably now when they have their second string quarterback who struggles through there. Yeah. I mean, it definitely it's going to be one of those things to watch. I also, you have the rumors right now that Philip rivers or drew Brees potentially might be coming back. So what? I didn't hear that. Oh yeah. Philip rivers just finished his high school season and he said that he wouldn't turn it down. Potentially he put it out there. Drew and Brees, Drew, Drew Brees had a cryptic tweet about something like, about the big game, I don't remember the exact tweet, uh, but th- there's rumors floating out there. I would take both of them over Taysom Hill right now. So, last thing I'm going to put on this, and we we got to move on here. Alex, assuming you have a hundred dollars of Fab, how much money would you spend on Taysom Hill if it's a two quarterback league? Oh, two quarterback league. Mm. I'd I'd probably say I I would probably say around like 30% in a, in a two quarterback league. I I legitimately think because the rushing upside, you're going to get an automatic top 10 quarterback for the rest of the season. I I spend that much. I love it. Let's answer one question real quick before we move on here. I received Zach Moss and Corey Davis, but give up Hunter Renfro and Antonio Gibson. Yes. Brad is hundred percent. You guys. Is it, is it, is it PPR? We're going to assume if let's know if it's PPR not for now, let's assume it's PPR. What do you guys think? I, I think if your team is in a good position for the playoffs, yes, because I don't think Gibson plays the entire year. But I think if you win now, or like if you need wins now, then you keep Renfro, especially with Ruggs probably not playing, and Gibson. Yeah, I would. I, I like the, the Renfro-Gibson side. I, I actually wouldn't give them up. I mean, I, I think that hopefully the bye week will help Gibson a little bit more. I, obviously, he's been absolute dog water the last couple of weeks, which has killed some of my fantasy teams. But dog I'm going to – the talent over with Gibson and Renfro has been a little bit underrated, especially in PPR. All right. Well, we're mixed down the middle. So Jared Patterson, the emergence of him doesn't scare you at all for this season. I don't think so. Oh, if it's it's dynasty, I would definitely make the move, but this season I wouldn't. Fair enough. But we're, seems like we're kind of split. So uh, JT moving. I don't know if that helps at all. I think both, all of them gave good reasons for you should or shouldn't do it. But I, I think also it depends like doc mentioned, are you in a position where it's a win now? Are you one of the top teams in the league? Or do you need wins now to where you need to make a move because you don't know if you can trust Antonio Gibson and you need to make sure you have pieces that can contribute for this season. So I think that also plays a factor depending if you should make a move I think even if you're in win now position, Zach Moss is probably more effective than Gibson at this point. Gibson's been off and on with his injuries. He's, uh, Washington's not really in a position where the game script benefits him. Running, I honestly, I, I'm taking Moss all day. 
<laughs> well, that's just the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There you go. Uh, I I know at that point I might just keep Gibbs in just because I want to have his name on my lineup card. If you're listening to the pod, JT Movin says, if I'm going to be honest, I'm one through seven. No shot. I make the playoffs anyway. All right. There you go. Uh, great question, though. Keep sending questions. And if you have them, we'll make sure we answer them. But if you're enjoying the content of Triple Play Fantasy and want to hear more of what we got, please check out all the great things going on on the Triple Play Fantasy Network. We've got, of course, our baseball and basketball shows, just like our football ones here. Super Fantasy Bros between the seams with Marty and Mac and the tripwire all the shorter content on our YouTube channel, like coaches, corners, fantasy foodies, movie minutes eventually will come back at some point and much more. You can check out of course, triplayfantasy.com where you'll see tons of great articles from our talented writers. And you can stay in the know-how by following the account on social media at Triplay fantasy. Now fantasy football is universally loved. In fact, you show me someone who doesn't like fantasy football and I'll give you a nickel. And then I'll go kick that person in the shin. It's important to stay on top of your game, which is why you can't let your fantasy draft slowly creep up on you. Think of it like a lion stalking a gazelle. You're walking along and then boom, your fantasy draft comes and it attacks you. The next thing you know, you're waking up in the hospital bed with the doctor extracting teeth from your glutes. Now you don't want to make sure you're that guy. These are so, so long. So stay safe. Make sure you're in the know by listening to the fantasy football content all off season and during the season but if you're uh, watching the live version well, of course we're paying our bills and we're not going anywhere but we'll be back after this quick break if you are listening live version we're sticking here okay and we're back david i just want to say like i know you don't do drugs or anything but like do you have like a, a hamster that just like is constantly spinning on a wheel in your brain where you just generate these ideas uh yeah it's, it's sometimes i sit down in some weird weird stuff goes down so JT Movin's question actually has me thinking, like, do you guys ever think about Devin Singletary and, like, if he would be, you know, a top, like an RB1 or an RB2 on a different team? Nah. No. You just think he's trash? I think he's... Compliment not, back. He's a compliment. Yeah, I don't think he can handle a full... He's not, he's not a big enough back. He's a compliment. He's a watered-down CJ Spiller. Uh, last, wow. we'll, last thing we'll make sure we get to Jake. Don't don't insult a former guest of this show. Don. That's why I said watered down. But my uh, my friend is two at six, and we are in a big argument on who would finish higher in the league. So uh, would you do that? <laughs> <trade if you're... laughs> uh, you know what? If you have an argument, I'm gonna let Alex be the decider for this. And you said you don't do the trade. I, w- I would say don't do it. I, I just, I don't know. I no, feel- no. I'm the decider. Do the trade. Do the trade, JT Movin. Do do the trade because bye week's coming up. If you're trying to win each game. I'm with Alex. I'm I would, with Alex. I would probably, yeah. If, I mean, again, I, I think if, yeah, the, the bye week coming up and you got to, you know, you're, you're, you got one win and you got to edge them out. Maybe, maybe this is the time to get Moss and Davis because they both had their bye week. So that's a good point too. Uh, so it sounds like then everybody's on, you guys are on the same Also, page Mike White might be the, the QB one of the future. We don't know. Could be a uh, question here from Trey S on YouTube here. I was offered Antonio Brown for James Conner in full PPR. My other wide receivers are Robert Woods, Judy, Michael Thomas, a Rob running backs are Eckler, Henderson, Gaskett, and Chris Carson. Hammer that in a second. If you're getting Antonio Brown. Yeah. I'm, I'm with that too. Yeah. I think, I think he'll be back well. after the bye. Yeah. yeah. All right. James Conner. How he might be leading the league in touchdowns right now. How, how many does he have right now? Eight. He's eight. eight. Derrick Henry leads with, I think, 10 or 11. Yeah, I think it was yeah. a weird league. You'd have more of an argument, but not not in full PPR. 
Yeah. Jack Keenan, should I trade Henderson and Zach Moss for Cook? No. Absolutely not. That's I absurd. Think, yeah, I don't I yeah. Henderson Henderson and Cook alone, like, but like Zach Moss in there too. It's you're, like, you're trading yeah. two running backs in high powered offenses for an injury prone running back in a decent offense. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm with, with you. Eric on that one. And Alex, you agree? Yeah, hundred percent. All right, we're good. I like when we're all in consensus and agreement here. So we're getting to our now our week eight short stories, and I always like to here it is. Here we go. Cool story, bro. This is your time to go ahead and you tell us your week eight short story. Your sixty seconds to kind of vent if you want to vent about something, take a victory lap, something you want to come clean about. It's your time. Alex, we'll start with you. What's your week eight short story? Oh man, this is probably my only sad story of the entire season so far. But this this week was rough for me. I, I went a career worst, I think four and fourteen in my fantasy leagues. Because uh, I had a lot of shares of Jalen Hurts and and Swift. We're both You're in top eighteen two. leagues. Yeah, top two at their position, and then they both just absolutely dudded it up this week. I lost five matchups by less than four points, and I had Swift or Hurts in all those matchups. So if Hurts had one touchdown of any kind, I would have won four more matchups this week. Uh, that was a big L. And then my Eliminator League that I was in, or Survivor Pool that I was in, where I, I Bengals third place last week last year. I had the Bengals this week. They killed me. So with a career word performance uh, in fantasy football combined with the Eliminator loss, thankfully the Patriots beat the Chargers, which is a nice little thing. But this is the worst week I've had so far. But that does mean that this week will be better. But this week is my personal buy Mageddon because I have Swift and Antonio Brown in like two-thirds of my league. So this is not a good stretch for me. But uh, hey, we'll be back for the playoffs soon, and we'll we'll keep pushing. Going through the rough stretch now, better now than in the playoffs. Better now, than, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Doc, it sounds like we already know yours. Uh, I, you you know, wanna... we all we all know I dropped Jeremy McNichols. Okay, elephants in the you know cats out of the bag. I'm just gonna say it's been a rough year for me in fantasy. You know, a lot of injuries, a lot of players I was high on that just haven't panned out. This is how you know it's getting bad. I take pride in being somebody that has good defenses. The last two weeks, my defenses have given me negative six each week. The Bears, <laughs> negative six against the 49ers, which nobody saw that coming after the 49ers poo-pooed against the Colts. And then in the week before that, the Ravens, negative six at home against the Bengals. Like, I, I'd be better off not playing a defense at this point. Just seeing the negative six is just crazy. Yeah, Maybe I won't play a defense this week. Let me know in the comments. If I get <laughs> enough, I'll just take an L. Yeah, I mean, better off, obviously. Yeah. You know me, I never really like to talk about my own fantasy teams, but uh, I guess if I had to do one, it would be the same one everybody else had, which is that I played gain well over Boston Scott. But aside from that, pretty, pretty run of the mill fantasy week for me. That's tough, though, because I think everybody, if you ask them, which one would you rather play? And I saw in one of the leagues we're in together that you actually picked up both of them and used mm-hmm. a lot of fab to pick up both. And it's just frustrating because you would think that Gainwell would be the one to get more usage, but he didn't even get most of his work until the fourth quarter when it was a blowout. And I feel um, like it's going to be one of those things where like next week people are going to start Boston Scott and it's going to be Gainwell that gets like the carries that we thought that. He was and then, get but Jordan week. Howard has three touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. Some, some absurd like that. So who knows? It's, it's part of the, it's part of the thing where like we use numbers to explain what we think will happen and we use them to predict future outcomes. But in actuality, it's kind of, it's the football minds, the people that know game plans that 
would lean towards a Boston Scott and a Jordan Howard over Gainwell. So it's one of those things where you're you're always learning, you're always figuring out how how coaches operate, and it's a it's a learning experience. Yeah, no, for sure. And if you're speaking of numbers, that's going to be my short story. Is luckily this didn't bite me in the butt, but I have Robert Woods on a lot of teams, and I got cute, and I decided to play Emmanuel Sanders over Robert Woods in a league this week. And sound re- this is a sound decision. Uh, well, yeah, so, no. so a reason I liked him, I wrote him up in a start sit column. Now, Emmanuel Sanders had scored at least, uh, or had been at least a top 32 wide receiver in the last four weeks, averaged 15 fantasy points per game this year, had 75 or more yards in three of his last four games. The Dolphins had given up the most yards per game to opposing defenses. They also, uh, we're giving up some of the most big plays in the league. The Dolphins also gave up the sixth most percentage of targets to the slot and second most amount of yards to the slot uh, this season. So that there were a lot of things that looked like it was going to be an Emmanuel Sanders week. And to be fair, there was at least one play that I remember seeing where Josh Allen just missed him when he was open on a deep throw that could have resulted in a touchdown, but he got a big goose egg, a big zero. Meanwhile, Robert Woods got two touchdowns, and I thought I was yeah. going to lose because of that. Luckily, I pulled it out by six points in that league where I made that decision. And uh, it worked out. So luckily, it's not a sad story. It had a happy ending there. Uh, a couple questions we'll get here. Uh, Jack Keenan, uh, Henderson, and Moss guy. for Eckler. Are you trying to get rid of two running backs for one running back? Yeah. I, I mean, you have two backs that are, I mean, for also for reference, up until last week, Zach Moss had had at least 12 points in every single one of Buffalo's wins this year. And you expect them to exactly. win a lot of games. So. He's a, a high-powered offense, positive game script. Keep Moss, man. Don't trade him. Are you guys Eckler? Obviously, I think is obviously an upgrade right now from Cook. But would you? I mean, he just him? had a he had a hip injury that like those those things. All, although he was good enough to play, they don't just go away. Yeah, and there's a reason why uh, Eric picked up Josh Kelly, man. It, Kelly's a real. He's a real uh he's a real strong runner and Brad, stop. No, we're no 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 we're not no, we're no, not I'm trying, defending you. I'm defending not, you. I don't not, think it's crazy. I need to I need to own up that it was a bad decision on my part. The first it was step a bad is outcome. It. it wasn't a bad decision. There you, there you go. And Brad, you have support in your corner there for your Eagles running backs problems. My man. Thank you, Ryan. All right. Uh where are we now? Okay. We're now from our short stories. We're now going into our stuff or fluff. And for our stuff or fluff here. Got a couple scenarios we're going to talk about here. Our first one we alluded to earlier on, Alvin Kamara should be downgraded with the quarterback change, assuming it's Taysom Hill. Obviously, if Phil Rivers goes there, he might set a record for the most amount of catches by a running back. So let's assume right now it's Taysom Hill. Before you give guys give your answer, if you look last year, Kamara, when Drew Brees went down, averaged about 12.5 carries per game with Taysom Hill but he only had 10 receptions on 16 targets. And if you take out the week 12 where he had a monster game through the air, he only had three receptions on six targets in those three games with him. Also, you look at it right now, he's averaging a career high 19 carries per game, only four receptions per game. Mark Ingram is there and played on 29% of the snaps in his first game. So you now Kamara is not even getting the full usage he might be getting earlier this year. You also have a guy that doesn't usually check it down to the running backs. So... I think there's a narrative there that says potentially um, it could be a problem. So, Alex, Alvin Kamara, if you hear Drew, if you hear Taysom Hill is starting, are you worried? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's tough, hundred percent. And we saw it last year. I mean, he was like, I'm pretty sure he was barely like a top 24 running back over the span when Drew Brees was out. 
I mean, again, I'm not saying that he's going to be like, you know, you should be, you know, trading Alvin Kamara for anything you can get. You should be trading him for Zach Moss. Sorry, I don't mean to show throw shade at Brad. <laughs> um, but uh, no, but with Alvin Kamara, I think it is stuff. He's been a top five running back so far. The targets were clearly down with Taysom Hill. And we've seen when Taysom Hill is on the football field, concussion or not. I mean, he definitely steals away from some carries from Taysom, sorry, from Alvin Kamara. He steals away the especially the goal line carries and some of those read option thing. You've seen what it's been all year with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, all those goal line touchdowns. I know it's a little bit of a different situation, but still the accuracy, the targets, and the goal line carries, all good things that bring Calvin Kamara down at least a little bit. I think he's still a running back one, a top 12 running back, but I think he's a lot closer to 12 than he is right now at five. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you, Alex. If I have Alvin Kamara, I'm definitely, right now, if Taysom Hill's starting, I'm nervous that he's going to be the top end RB one he's been and closer maybe to a back end RB one, high end RB two doc. Are you, I know we kind of cut that off earlier when you were starting to allude to this or do you feel the same way? Yeah. I mean, I think the saints offense downgrades, we don't even talk about the addition of Mark Ingram who might steal some carries from him as well. Uh, if you listen to yeah, my yeah. intro into it, I did allude to that. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, he didn't talk enough about it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I, and I tweeted this out from our account a couple weeks ago, like, the Saints are a very tough team to read. Like they opened the season with a 38 to 3 victory against the Packers, then scored seven points against the Panthers, then won 28 13 at New England, then scored 21 against the Giants, 10 against the Seahawks, 36 against the Bucks. They're just a very tough offense to predict week in, week out. You obviously start him, but like you guys said, you downgrade him. Brad, on the same page? I'm on the same page with both of these guys. I agree completely. All right. Short, quick answers. I'm always there for that. Let's move to our next stuff or fluff. And let's try to use the verbiage here, too. That makes me happy. <laughs> so let's go to the next one, which is you should avoid playing an Eagles running back if at all possible. Brad, I'm going to start with you for this one because uh, I want to hear more, your thoughts. You're kind of now the Eagles running back guy. Uh, we're pointing you that here. Miles Sanders was averaging only eight touches over five and a half games before going down with the injury. And that's not just carries. That's overall touches. Again, I'll repeat that. The Eagles on the ground had only scored three rushing touchdowns combined weeks one through seven. Week eight alone, they had two running backs combined for four touchdowns while posting season high marks in carries and rushing yards. So you saw last week, the Eagles have three different running backs get at least 12 carries. You had Jordan Howard coming in more in the second quarter, Boston Scott earlier in the first quarter. Brad, what are you doing? Do you start any of these Eagles running backs? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go fluff. Um, I, I think it's a completely matchup dependent uh, situation for an Eagles running back. I think, you know, if you're looking at the numbers, if you're using your logical brain, you say, okay, the Eagles are typically a team that's going to be trailing. They're typically a team that's going to need to throw. Jalen Hurts is also a runner, so he caps the upside for a lot of running backs, and he gets most of his points in garbage time. Um, so that's something that you would, you know, I, I wouldn't knock you for thinking that. However, you look at a game like last week, you know, against the Lions, they run it up. They're scoring 44 points, and they haven't done that in quite some time, and they did it last week because the matchup was there. And in that, they had, I think, what was it? It was either three or four touchdowns from running backs, so... Um, you know, in a situation where the Eagles are the better team, I think there's a clear running back to start. And it, it, right now it looks like it's Boston Scott. And um, if that happens again in, you know, three weeks when Miles Sanders bat is back, it'll be Miles Sanders. And I'm sure they're going to work on getting the running backs 
more involved in the passing game as well because all of their running backs are pass catching backs as well. So um, I think this is just a learning process for this team. Uh, Hertz is young and he's talented and he's going to be able to get get the job done in terms of moving the ball and scoring points. I'm not scared off for that offense at all. Um, I think it's just going to depend on the matchups, but I, I don't think you should avoid the running backs in perpetuity. So, Brad, if you have all three on your roster this week, mm-hmm. who would you play? Because right now the Eagles are set to go against the Los Angeles Chargers, who actually have one of the worst run defenses so far this year. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, who would you start if you had all three? I'm I'm going recency bias. I'm going Boston Scott. Looks like he's the workhorse for them. All right. Alex, I'm going to go to you for this. Now, unless you have something you want to add for that one. No, definitely. Uh, I, I disagree with Brad. Uh, oh, well, let's I do it. I think that Boston Scott this week against let's, the Chargers uh, let's cut his mic. He's a great play. <laughs> nah, for for real. I think that Boston Scott's definitely the play. He was the first guy to get carries, but I think it is being overlooked the fact that Boston Scott had 12 carries, Jordan Howard had 12 carries, and Kenneth Gainwell had 13. I'm not saying that this is like a dead three-way split. Kenneth Gainwell did not get any carries until the game was completely out of hand, but mostly it was Howard, Boston, Scott. So I don't think Boston Scott's the workhorse. I think I disagree on that part. But Scott was getting them think, in the red zone. But I, I'm like with a, like a James Conner. Exactly. But I think Brad's definitely right with the fact that like none of these guys should be rostered right now besides, um, I mean, Miles Sanders, obviously, when he comes back, I think he's going to be the guy. I think they have some nice matchups coming up. But right now they're in a three-way committee. I don't want to, you know – play Russian roulette with that every week, especially if they don't have a good matchup. And I think the Chargers, until Sanders is projected to be bad, back is the last good matchup. So if you can, you know, snag a little little something, a little like a Devontae Parker or someone like that for like Boston Scott right now for that two-week rental, I think I would be doing that right now. All right. I like it. Let's move to the next one here. Stuff or fluff, Doc? You should sell Michael Carter, who right now looks Great, stays low to the ground, has excellent patience, follows his blockers, and the one-cut run scheme that Sal is trying to implement with the Jets looks really good for the type of play style that he has. Is it redraft or dynasty? We're going to say right now redraft, because I don't think in dynasty anybody's looking to sell Michael Carter. But he had 77 yards on 15 carries and a touchdown against Cincinnati. But the part that he's been really kind of setting the world on fire right now is the last two games that he's played, he's led running backs in terms of catches and targets. He's had 17 catches for 162 yards on a whopping 23 targets. Mike White seems to like checking down to his running backs and going against the Colts this week. That could be something that works really well in his favor and going forward. So, Doc, if you have Michael Carter on your team right now in a redraft league, because that's a good point, Brad. In Dynasty, I think it's a little different discussion. Redraft. Are you holding Michael Carter? Are you trying to think you're selling high right now with him? So I think it depends on the type of value you can get in return. I I would hypothetically say it's stuff that you should sell high on him. So the last two games, he had 19 touches against the Patriots, eight catches, but a lot of that was garbage time when the Patriots were just kind of letting them do checkdowns and get yards. And same with Cincinnati. That was kind of their game plan is, okay, we'll we'll give you those small yards. Um, But without Corey Davis, uh, who looks like he might miss another week or so, um, I think teams are going to zone in on him. Ty Johnson did get some work as well. I'm trying to think of somebody that I would sell him for. It's tough because running backs have been getting hurt so much that you obviously want as many starting ones as, as possible. Come back to me. I want to think of somebody that I would sell Michael Carter for. Now I, I, I will oh, go to Alex. I, I think David Montgomery is someone that people might be willing to sell. If he's, I, if, I would do that. I would do that. And for Michael Carter, but I think one of the interesting things is the fact that 
Mike Mike White, I mean, so far when he's played, has passed to his running backs 40, sorry, 39% of the time so far. And I know going into this week that Cincinnati had allowed the highest target share in the entire NFL to running backs so far. So maybe I think the targets might be a little bit inflated with Michael Carter because Najee Harris had that 14-target game against the Bengals too. I and mean, they've just been letting them funnel targets to the running backs. I still think Michael Carter's a hold especially because if Mike White happens to stay in or when Zach Wilson comes back, anytime you can get a guy getting as many targets as you can, I think he's a hold unless you can get someone like a David Montgomery or like a true workhorse type running back. But otherwise, with the scarcity at the running back position right now, I think you got to hold Carter as much as I'd want to be like, you should sell him. He's in a bad offense. And like, well, is he really going to produce the whole season? I think considering the running back landscape this year, you really have to hold him unless you're getting another good running back back. Anybody who wants to sell me the RB6 of last year because he's been injured for Michael Carter, I want to be in a league with them. Yep. You should absolutely take that trade. I love it. Um, I got Ryan here. Once Zach Wilson comes back and that stock is going to go down, Mike White's. I was actually, you know, it's really interesting, Ryan. We're on the same page. I was about to bring up that uh, Mike White's yards per attempt right now, it's under four, and which is dreadful for, for consideration. Kirk Cousins, I believe, had like one that's uh, 400 yards, though. Yeah, but again, he's not throwing the ball downfield. He's checking the ball down. He's not like there's no air yards, any type of his throws. He's literally checking it down each time, throwing quick slants. He's, I mean, let me let me ask you, let me ask you, doesn't matter to me. Would you guys trade Michael Carter for Tony Pollard? No, I'm keeping Carter. If I get Pollard, I want Carter. I, I want Carter for sure. I want Pollard. That that's a tough one because Zeke goes down. Tony Pollard is a surefire RB one, and he might yeah. even be an RB one with Zeke there. Like that's how much work they get. Just one game because of injury in his career. I, I get running backs have been going down, but like this is pro- like the king of health at the running back position. That was King Henry, by the well, way. Well, Henry was too. Henry only I think it only missed one game too. Oh, you're right. Was- you're right. You're right. Well, the football, king is football is a, you know 100 percent injury rate. I if you can get depth, you get depth. No, I'm I'm with you, Alex. I'm so dog. Uh, well, are we split with this? Are you Pollard or are you uh, Carter? I would trade for Pollard. My We're man. split. Okay. <laughs> you guys want? Do you guys want to have a friendly bet? Rest of season, who scores oh. more points between Pollard and Carter? No. <laughs> ah, see, there we go. Exactly. <laughs> I'll do a friendly bet. Okay. Let's we'll get to this question here. Sell Swift and Hendo. Alex, we're going to you for this one. No. Swift in it. Just no. I, I mean, <laughs> Hendo. I mean, you're selling two guys that are like top eight running backs right what now. What's with these people? What? Are, yeah. What, what? are two good running backs? Swift and Cook. Swift and Henderson might have more points than Cook right now. What? Yeah. What? What is this fascination with giving two guys, for one? I am not insulting Cook. anybody that is watching the stream commenting. We appreciate I, oh, your I'm, question. I'm, oh, appreciate I'm your not, question. We there, would there recommend is no, you no. not do that. There, there, there is no insulting. I'm just curious if if there is something in the water with Dalvin Cook that I don't know. Everybody's looking to see if they can I get him low. There's more points than Cook right now. They yeah. both do. I think both- we're all on the same page. That trade. Uh, <laughs> if you have, if you're getting Swift and Hendo, I would do it. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, I, we were buds until this. Pollard is an if. Carter is uh is when is a when. Okay, so that's that's a that's a good way to put it. Uh, Ryan, put in the comments if you're if you had to put on one Pollard or Carter, who you'd pick. I'd be interested to see which one you'd go if you had to pick one. All right, let's get to another one here as he uh he answers some more things in the comments here. Debo Samuel's be the last one we get to. 
Debo Samuel is a top five fantasy wide receiver rest of season. Debo Samuel is a yak daddy. These are the players that make their quarterback look good by gaining a lot of yards after the catch. Samuel currently ranks only behind Cooper Cup in terms of most yards after catch this season among wide receivers with his 83-yard screen pass last week showing that on full display. He's actually been so dominant that his 819 receiving yards are the most in 49ers history for the first seven games of a season, breaking Hall of Famer Jerry Rice's record of 781 in 1986. He's currently wide receiver five, but wide receiver two in fantasy points per game, seeing 10.5 targets and a 34.5% target share in this offense. Doc, you are the 49ers guy on this pod. Luckily, we have you. Debo Samuel, is he top five wide receiver rest of season? No, for a couple reasons. One, George Gittle is going to come back. It's going to eat into the offense a little bit. Two, Debo has a calf issue, so he's never been able to play an entire season. Figure that he might miss a game or two. Uh, also, uncertainty of the quarterback. Like the, the 49ers literally are the epitome of a team that can't stay healthy. And so if Trey Lance comes and starts in his game against Arizona, he had three for 58. So, you know, I, I think there's just so many moving factors. Debo's a special talent. Top five is a little too rich. I'd say he's in the 12 to 15 range rest of season. All right. Let me ask you guys. I'm going to throw some names at you. We'll, we'll name game this real quick. If I'm going to get, tell me if you would trade Debo Samuel for this wide receiver. Debo Samuel for Stefan Diggs. Yes. No. Oh, okay. We definitely agree there. Debo Samuel for Jamar Chase. Yes. No. Yes. Debo Samuel for Justin Jefferson. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, my bad. I'm <laughs> I'm with both of y'all. I thought I was thinking like you trade Chase or or no, no, Diggs for you have Debo, Debo. and there you're getting offered these guys. No, I want those both both of those guys over Debo. Uh, David, David, let me get let me let me give a couple and then you can answer. Debo for DJ Moore. I'm keeping Debo. Yeah. Keeping Debo for that one. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Debo or Hollywood Brown? Debo. 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 Okay. Debo or Terry McLaurin? Debo. McLaurin. Ah, see, there, there we go. Got, got a little differentiation. David and Alex, you guys are agreeing too much. Oh, we're on the same page. Minds think alike. Uh, oh, I have to go Carter Pollard. That's Ryan's my guy. He knew the Drake and Josh reference too. Uh, so Carter will have a sizable thing so he comes back. Would you sell DJ Moore? Since we're speaking of DJ Moore. I wouldn't. I think that his value can't be much lower right now. He's had a tough couple of games. Sam Darnold's not looking good. The only way I think for him is up. I, I get it. CMC's coming back soon, and like that'll eat into his target share. But like, I don't think a lot of people have super positive opinions on DJ Moore right now. So I don't think you're going to get the same value for him. Like if he pops off this week, and maybe someone's looking to buy him, like oh DJ Moore's back on shore. But at this at his current state, where people aren't feeling super positive, I think you get more value later on. I'm going to ask this one, and then we're going to move to our next segment here. I, You have Debo Samuel on your guys' team. Or you have, um, sorry, DJ Moore on your team. I slide in those DMs, and I send you a trade offer of Michael Pittman for your DJ Moore. Are you accepting? Nope. No. No. Okay. Fair enough. That's someone that I was the biggest sell high to buy low I could think of. So you guys are holding DJ Moore for that one. So Cole, I think we're if you have DJ Moore, you got to hold because right now his value is not going to get back what he's worth. You'd expect better days are ahead for that. 
I know Eric's got to run, Davey, so let's keep it pushing. Yeah. All right. We're going to dive into now our obscure tight end touchdown of the week. So which tight end rostered in 50% or less of ESPN leagues do you think will score a touchdown this week? Right now, our guest has one. I have one. Brad, you have three. John has one. Doc has not gotten one correct so far. So, Doc, you need to get on the board. Uh, you are not good. Yeah, at I feel good about this one. Feel I feel good right. about this one. Alex, who are you picking for your obscure tight end pick this week? I'm going Tyler Conklin, 57-plus yards each of the last two weeks, second-highest targets he's gotten this season last week um, with seven targets. He's playing the Baltimore Ravens, who have given up the single most fantasy points to wide to tight end so far this season. We saw the great and amazing C.J. Uzama had two touchdowns against them on just wide-open, broken plays. I think Tyler Conklin is due for a touchdown. I think that's going to be him this week. Tyler Conklin, I like it. Doc, who's your pick to get on the board? Hayden Hurst. Falcons might run more two tight end sets with Calvin Ridley out playing at New Orleans projected to be a high over under game. He's going to find the end zone. All right, Brad. I think Pat Fryermuth season is upon us, man. I, I think even when Eric Ebron comes back, it's going to be Fryermuth to get those TDs, man. I, I really think he's a good talent. I think Roethlisberger likes him. I like him to, to score. That's mine as well. Uh, I call him the air fryer because he's fries the defenses okay. to a crisp. And uh, yeah, he's he looks real good. I, I picked up him in a couple of leagues. He's right now looking, I mean, he's going to start creeping over that 50% probably once waivers hit this week. But he looks to be, with Juju going down, he looks to be the guy that's going to be the benefactor of the middle of the field throws. And Roethlisberger looks like he's trusting him a lot more each week there. This is, uh, uh, this is unrelated, but before Eric leaves, I want to give him props for for being right that uh, Calvin Ridley was not going to be wide receiver one this year. It's it's for, yeah. for oh, thank you. I don't related hurt. to football, but I'll, I'll give him that. I, I don't even I, I don't even want to take a victory lap on that because mental yeah. health injuries yeah, or whatever. Exactly. It's, it's not. I will a say that you to, will. To but right. I will say the mental health part out of it before he left this season before, like, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. But before that, he hadn't looked like himself too, whether he it's had. the mental health or anything on the field. Yeah. But um, so the part we could actually analyze when he's on the field. Definitely, you call that one right, Doc, when he was on the field. All right, let's get to our question. for me. There you go. Uh, Doc, are you staying with us for the questioning game, or are you leaving? No, nah, I got to head out. I got to head right. out. That's a high note for me. Why not? All right, Doc, we'll see you on the other side. All right, we're going to go to our question of the week, and Triple Play Fantasy is sponsored by Monkey Knight Fight. head that's right. I love it. Triple Play Fantasy is an official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. New depositors receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code Triple Play. So if you'd like to make me happy and you'd like to make Brad smile, you'll do that for us. We'd appreciate that. So, Brad, what is the question this week? All right. The question and the game of the week are going to be kind of tied together. So, for the question okay. of the week, which head coach do you think will be fired first this year? Uh, well, go ahead. You go first. I don't know if anybody gets fired during the season. I was going to say Urban Meyer a while back, but it seems like things have calmed down and, and cons kind of supported him. I'm going to say it doesn't Matt have Nagy. to be during the season. I just mean fired oh, first this yeah. year. Matt Nagy. I was going to. I was going to say Matt Nagy as well. I think he's the perfect one, especially after this week with the, the Bears did. I without him there and things just looked a little bit more fluid and Justin Fields said, "Okay, like let's 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 show why he shouldn't be here." I think Matt Nagy would have been the play too, but if I had to pick someone else, 
that it that it had to be. I, I don't know. That's it's so tough. Like you said, I, I would guess Urban Meyer just because they're, they're, I'm, I'm going to guess maybe he goes to another restaurant. There's a little bit more chaos, <laughs> and, and they they got to get rid of him. That would be my that would be my guess. I'd want to say like a Dan Campbell or David Culley, but I think they stick with those guys for the rest of the season. Dude, Ryan's on fire right now, right? That's a really good call. Over Urban Meyer. That's a that's a good call. He's he's been clutch this whole episode. Uh, Brad, all right, let's hop into the game of the week. What are we playing? Okay. So a couple of weeks ago when we were on, you guys had a hard time picking the backup, the second string QBs. So I thought I'd make this one a little easier. I think you and Dave are gonna be able to handle it, but for this one, you're gonna have to guess the head coach. So Okay. Um, just buzz in with your name. If you get it right, you get a point. Uh, first one to buzz in gets the point. All right. So for the first one, we'll do the Raiders. Who is the Raiders head coach? Alex. It's a right, Alex. It's a. Oh my goodness! I I butchered it. I, that you can give me the X. It's Rich Scarnag. Rich Scarnagli. I can't say his name no. right. Come on, Davey. Oh my God. Um. Paul Gunther, is it? I don't even know. No, it's it, you were closest, to Alex. It was Rick Basashia, Basica. I don't even know how to pronounce it, but you were close. You knew it was Rick something. Yep. Yeah, but no awful. point. All right. So next on, we'll go to the Chargers. Who's the Chargers head coach? Alex Brandon Steely. I knew that one. Got it. Point for Alex. Next up, we'll go to the Eagles. Who's the Eagles head coach? David. Ooh, Dave. Nick Sirianni. All right. One to one. Texans. Alex. David Coley. Alex. All right. He just said his name. Packers. Alex. David. Alafleur. Oh, I thought that was a tie. Well, I thought I, it was a tie too, but Alex had a little more bravado with him. That's, it, that's oh. Alex's point. Coming through on my connection first, so I thought I had it. That's my bad. I'll always <laughs> you say who had dang, it. No, no, oh, dang. Yours. Alex you just said, point. you're like not that. important. I'm taking this one. My bad. My bad. You're good. You're good. And last one. We'll close out with the Falcons. Who's the Falcons head coach? Oh, he got me. Alex, Dan, Dan, Dan Quinn. No. No. Arthur <laughs> Smith. There you go. Dave's point. But Alex still wins three to two. Alex, you get the FaceTime. Oh, yeah. I'll give you the I'll give you your crowd cheer. <laughs> nice job. There'll be the asterisks with the uh the stepping on me <laughs> to to get that one. But uh awesome job. And we appreciate you coming on the show tonight, especially on short notice. Uh, I know to come and see a show sheet 15 minutes before the show is not easy. So really appreciate you and appreciate your time, man. Absolutely. appreciate you having me on. And I, I hope my, the, uh, the listeners get a little something out of it besides the fact that I thought the Falcons head coach was still Dan Quinn. <laughs> I, I was actually, I was like, dude, Alex knows all these. I was like, Oh man, I'm not, no chance. Um, but before we get out of here, please give the listeners all the good stuff. Let them know where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find you on TikTok, your podcast, all the great stuff you're doing. Yeah, so you can you can find me on Twitter at Alex Caruso, just my name as you see on the screen, or just at Alex Caruso, like the basketball player. If you're listening on the podcast, you can find me on TikTok at Fresh underscore Fantasy. New videos coming out every single day. Um, and you can also find me at the Fresh Fantasy Podcast on your favorite podcast platforms. I always appreciate the listens, the comments, stuff like that. You guys are always feel free to hit my DMs on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is. I'm always trying to here to help you guys, you know, because I'm trying to compete with Triple Play Fantasy. I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> one man crew over them. No, I'm just kidding. But I appreciate you guys having me on and I appreciate a follow, a listen, anything like that. Yeah, again, Alex is one of the best in the industry, one of the best hosts. If you 
have not checked out his podcast. Does it a great job, has great people on his show and uh, one of the nice guys in the industry. So make sure you're following him and all the great content. I'm sorry, did you say the name of your podcast? Because if you didn't, I want them to hear again. The Fresh Fantasy Podcast. All right. I love it. Make sure you check that out. Uh, everybody, we appreciate you guys tuning in, whether it's the YouTube stream. We love all the comments. We'll make sure we get to as many as we can during the hour show. Look, at you got the sweatshirt and everything. I love it. True. Uh, always interact with the comments. We love if you check out the podcast as well. Stay tuned for next week as the guests that unfortunately could not make this week should be able to come on next week. That is Matt Miller, NFL Draft Scout. Should be a, He's a great guest. Should be a great show. Until then, everyone, make sure you stay safe out there. Enjoy your seven hours of commercial-free football. And we're going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys in the next one.